Well, welcome to another week of broadcasts here on the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It is Monday, and guess what? It is not Movie Monday this week. Uh, we're taking a break from the movies for a couple of weeks during the Lenten season, the remainder of it, and we'll reconvene. Um, there's a good possibility we might even reconvene next week, but just had to give it a breather, that it's kind of a nice breath of fresh air. Uh, to take a look at what's happening in the world and give us a little more time to not have to talk about movies. We still have things to give away, though. A couple of great books. One that's going to focus on what's happening in the Middle East with regard to our faith. And then others, uh, another uh, resource that will be a great devotional book to have, especially if you are dealing with anxiety and needing spiritual release. That's all coming up of this hour. One of the things that uh, we, we're, been, we've been talking about recently has been just the way that words are being used in the conversation as it pertains to really important uh, matters of discussion. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because the, uh, the, the matters of discussion that come up are falling into one of two camps. Uh, there are those who are thinkers and those who are feelers. And the people who are thinkers are trying to get to the bottom of issues as it pertains to uh, the way, you know, they look at the facts and that impacts their feelings, obviously. But then the feelers, quite frankly, are, are being led astray by the mere presence of words. It's a combination of both. I mean, sociologists and scientists and speech pathologists tell us that about 7% of actual communication is the words that are used, and the other 93% are the way that they're used, whether it's a tone of voice or body language or even just the way the words are crafted. I mean, if you've ever heard the, the phrase wordsmith, before. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it's funny, in, in my family of origin growing up, um, my brother and sister and I, we all have certain musical abilities and artistic talents and things of that nature. My sister's a great choir singer, support player. You need someone to sing harmony or that really offbeat you know, type of thing. She's right there with it. She played the flute all through high school um, and into college too. My brother actually has his, under, he's a pastor now, but he has his undergraduate degree in percussion performance. Uh, that, was, that was kind of his ticket into Biola University. Uh, they had a scholarship available, and so he decided to get hit the beginning of his biblical training that way. And then he went to Princeton Seminary and has a master's in divinity, but he still plays drums professionally. And he's a pretty good singer. And he's a poet and all sorts of stuff. And then there's me. I picked the path of least resistance. Um, I, I played a bunch of different instruments when I was growing up just to kind of try them out and keep my parents happy. I started with guitar lessons at 15 and moved to electric bass at 16 because, quite frankly, I was in high school. I knew that a lot of bands had a lot of you know guitar and drum people who wanted to play, but there weren't too many bass players who could sing. I figured I could get work, number one, plus bass player plays one note at a time. Seriously, you want to talk about looking for the easiest way out. Eventually, by the time I finished up high school, I just sang in the choir because there was no homework and you didn't have to carry an instrument. True story, okay? But understanding then, you know, as we've grown older, I became an accounting major and went to business and then went to broadcast and ministry. My brother's the wordsmith who the words are kind of cosmetic and, you know, they, 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 they transcend actual literal meaning. It's more about the emotion. And for me, it's all just how to, how to, how to, how to. So I've been watching the events recently of what's been happening in our world with regard to the weather, with regard to gun violence, with regard to banks failing, this and that, the other thing. And I've noticed a pattern that has been emerging for quite some time, and it's gotten even more sinister and diabolical, I think. And that is the conservative clinging to, holding on to, cinching up, uh, almost crushing with their hands, the idea that, 
words mean something and laws mean something and everything has you know this literal meaning and we have to get all of that right and people who don't understand that um, are, are, are doomed. And then the progressive model, which is we're going to redefine the argument by using different phrases and we're going to take words that have a certain meaning and we're going to apply them to things that actually don't. And that, for example, I mean, I'll just give you a couple examples of this. We, have, we are a nation of laws. Uh, we have laws that are based on a biblical worldview. And yet there are some progressive camps that have shifted from laws to protections. You'll notice that if you watch anybody in the LGBTQ community, for example, uh, talk about how they've been harmed and violated and you know, words are violence and inaction is violence, et cetera, et cetera. They'll, they'll talk about how they don't need laws to provide opportunities for them to do whatever. It's they need protections. If someone in the LGBT community is threatened, quote unquote, by words that someone speaks, and in this case, it would be like, say, someone like Matt Walsh saying that you can define male and female, then all of a sudden they'll say that's violence and it leads to death. Because when you talk like that, every LGBTQ person is going to contemplate suicide. Well, you and I know that's not true. I mean, some people have some challenges emotionally that, that they might feel that, I mean, to potentially end their lives. Dr. Clarence Schuler was on with me a couple of weeks ago, talked about the depression that he went through. This is a good, godly Christian man as a PhD for crying out loud and has been through moments where he said, I feel like, you know, bottom was falling out. But it seems like more and more as you hear progressives, everything has to do with comfort and care and protection. For example, um, they'll talk about abortion care. You know, and, and the real challenge in the world of, of, you know, women who are being denied access to health care, when what they mean is they're not able to get abortions performed on their preborn children who will be killed in the abortion. Uh, mifepristone, for example, the first phase of the two-step so-called, well, the abortion pill has gone from the abortion pill to a chemical versus surgical abortion. Well, chemical was actually involved, you know, the legs and the stirrups and shooting the chemicals in. Now we have something that's called a medical abortion. Take two pills and medically you terminate a pregnancy. That's abortive care. No, it's not. It's murder. You're giving a woman a pill that will starve her baby in the womb. Then you have to give her another pill that forces the remains to be eliminated from the body. And no one talks about giving birth to a child or ending a pregnancy. The only way God intended a pregnancy to end is with a live birth. Yay, hey, hey, we're parents. Or in the unfortunate situation that the child does not survive the pregnancy, it's called a natural abortion. Everything they're talking about, there's nothing natural about it. Same thing happens in areas like with gun control or the LGBT, uh, the transgender issue. Gender-affirming care. Gender-affirming care means take a young boy at pre-puberty level, start injecting his body with Lupron to stop the flow of testosterone, start cramming it full of estrogen, and then you surgically remove his testicles and his genitals. That's gender-affirming care? You can't just make the body look like the other gender, put the clothes on of the other gender, and then say, there, problem solved. You're mutilating the child's body. 
Last week, President Biden was in Southern California. Maybe you missed it. On the day of the second largest bank failure in the history of the United States banking system. I know Dave Ramsey went on a rant last week. Oh, no, it's got nothing to worry about. It's not going to impact you. It's not going to impact me. It's not going to impact your grandma. But hey, you know what? Uh, why don't you use my lending company to get a mortgage? But what? That was a crazy rant. Yes, Silicon Valley Bank did cater to the tech sector. Yes, 90% of their deposits were over $250,000. They were by venture capitalists who know no risk, no reward. They play kind of fast and loose. And the government giving them a quote-unquote bailout really does kind of stink, and it does because that means it's going to come out of our pockets in the form of higher taxes and fees. But while that was going on, President Biden already had a pre-planned scheduled appointment to come to California and to do what? Well, um, he came to Monterey Park, to the San Gabriel Valley, to talk to members of the Asian community who were still grieving the fact that there were 11 people killed and nine others injured when a gunman opened fire at a dance studio there in Monterey Park. Uh, It's the city's large Asian community that was celebrating Lunar New Year weekend. Then, of course, CNN has to say there have been 110 mass shootings in the U.S. so far this year. Okay. 110 mass shootings. How many people have died? 110 mass shootings, 150 people dead. That means about one person per mass shooting. How many people injured? About 400. That means about one dead and four injured per mass shooting. So the president went to the Boys and Girls Club of West San Gabriel Valley, Monterey Park, and he called the shooting, quote, a tragedy that has pierced the soul of the nation and that struck the heart of the Asian American community. As a nation, remember, immigrants from China, the Philippines, Vietnam, Taiwan, all of whom whom found home in America, they represent a bigger story, that we are Americans embodying the simple truth that our diversity, our diversity is the strength of this nation. And then, of course, he went on to say, I'm announcing an executive order that would do background checks, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, A senior administration official briefed the press and said uh, President Biden would direct Attorney General Merrick Garland to, quote, clarify the statutory definition of who is required to run background checks because some firearm dealers may not realize they fall under the statutory definition. But here's what's interesting about this. While the banking industry is going sideways right now and the economy is tanking and Ukraine and Russia are still at war now in a year two, President Biden used this to come out two months after the fact to stage a photo op with the Asian American community in Monterey Park because he wanted to do something about gun control. Maybe he wanted to do something about gun control or maybe he wanted to do something about the fact that in the 2020 election, he lost a larger share of Asian American voters from the Democrat Party than any other candidate in history. Maybe in the 2022 election, that trend continued. And maybe, just maybe, here in March of 2023, President Biden might be doing a little stumping for every California Democrat and every Democrat nationwide and even his own back pocket to make sure that he looks like the guy who cares about the Asian community. Do you think they will buy it? I'm going to venture a guess. No, I don't think they will. But I guess he gets style points for trying, yes? Okay. Um, Just because somebody immigrates to the United States from an Asian country does not automatically mean they're going to vote Democrat. In the same way, just because somebody who's born in a majority Muslim country where a theocracy is running things is not automatically a Muslim. Well, they are politically 
But Dr. Harmoz Shariat knows exactly how many more people in the Muslim community really do adhere to it. As a matter of fact, in recent numbers, Iran has one of the fastest growing Christian populations in the world, especially in the Middle East. And moreover, the number of Iranians who say they identify with Muslim ideology is about a third of the population, less than half. Interesting dilemma in Iran. So what's happening there? What's going on, especially in the war in Ukraine, and how is that impacting the Christians in the Middle Eastern world? Dr. Hamo Shuriat is going to join me on the other side of this break to talk about that. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Well, we just passed a milestone in international relations, of course, the uh, one-year anniversary of Russia invading Ukraine, the U.S. having mixed emotions from a lot of uh, voters regarding uh, how much support should be going to Ukraine. And meanwhile, let's not take our eye off the ball about the amazing things that are happening in areas like Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Iran. Uh, Joining me today here on The Bottom Line is a guy who can tie all of these loose threads together into one helpful garment. Uh, Dr. Hormoz Shariat is the founder of Iran Alive Ministries. He's the author of the book, Iran's Great Awakening. Uh, This is a man who, for more than two decades, has been using modern technology to share the gospel in places like Iran and to train believers and get a real discipleship movement going in Iran. Dr. Hormoz Shariat, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you, Roger, for allowing me to share with your audience. Well, I appreciate you being here today because as we see the events of the world unfolding, of course, about a year ago, everybody was so concerned. They were like, okay, is Russia Gog or Magog? What's going on here? And you know, is this, is this Ukraine? Is this the end? Is this the beginning of the end? And I think a lot of folks didn't realize the Russian-Israeli connection that has to happen before a lot of Bible prophecy happens. But at the same time, Russia's not acting alone. And I know that the Iran is very near and dear to your heart, of course. Uh, can it give us a 90-second overview, a 35,000-foot view? I'm using all the euphemisms I can think of to help us understand what role does Iran play, first of all, in the theater of world events, but then secondly, what's going on there ministry-wise? Because it's kind of, it's, one is a little ominous, the other is very exciting. Well, one, because of the development of a nuclear bomb, which is a real thing, and it's very dangerous, they just announce a... Uh, uranium enrichment, and they're very close to developing the bomb. So Iran is a threat to the whole country, to the whole world, to the whole region. Uh, But when you come to the recent events, you should not be surprised because it's biblical. It's Bible prophecy is about to happen, and it's happening. We know the direction of these countries, where they go, and we know Russia will invade eventually with other 
countries, according to Ezekiel 38, will attack the, uh, attack the Israel. We know that. So what's happening now, I think it's a, a first step towards that. For example, amazing. A nation like Iran, where the leaders, they believe there, are, there is not only there is God, the representatives of that God on earth, they are making a deep coalition friendship with Russia that as, as a government, as a nation, they deny any existence of God. This is just a, a, a evil in action, aligning these countries together. And we know eventually Ezekiel 38 that Iran and Russia and other countries will uh, attack Israel. We know that right now because of sanctions against Israel and sanctions against Iran, these two nations need each other. They are getting very close. They're sharing their resources together. Iran yeah. is sending uh, their drones to uh, to Russia, and Russia is helping with the oil sale and other things. So there is a closeness between these two nations, and but it's all biblical. Hmm. Do you see any, I mean, there are a lot of Christians who are on either sides of the aisle when it comes to U.S. involvement? I mean, we'll t this will be the last military question, then we'll get into more of the spiritual side. But Dr. Shirios, do, do you see the U.S. trying to bolster Ukraine against Russia? Is that a helpful exercise? Is it a pointless exercise? Well, I yeah, understand the size of the politics and uh, every side and every nation is pursuing their own interest. And there is so much happening. I, uh, happening towards that end. So uh, I think, uh, you, of course, U.S. is using that for greater benefit of U.S. and the West and the and the expansion of democracy and the power of the West uh, over the East. And that's why Russia is so mad. And that's why they are standing there. They they know that if they step back, they're going to be losers. So mm. they are they can't win and they can't lose <laughs> under pressure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, debate that they have to wrestle with. Uh, Dr. Hamos Shiriat is with me today here on the bottom line, the founder of Iran Alive Ministries. I would refer to him as the Billy Graham of Iran, but he never would. He's too polite to do that. So let me let another man praise you, Dr. Shiriat, if you would. Uh, he's been doing ministry in the Muslim-born Iranians and in that world for uh, the last forty years. And today here on The Bottom Line, we're getting an update on what's happening in Iran, what's happening militarily, as you heard Dr. Shiriaz talk about the uh, the influence that Iran is having in the coalition with Russia as that uh, plays out within, uh, in terms of their attack of Ukraine. And at the same time, though, you've written a book called Iran's Great Awakening. And Dr. Shiriaz, tell with, uh, share with our, our listeners and our viewers at MyHopeNow.com what actually has been happening there? Because there are some really remarkable things that you're doing with your 24-7 broadcasting, you know, giving people the opportunity to call in, to pray. There are a lot of Muslims, I mean, by the hundreds of thousands that are coming to faith in Christ during this time. Yes, praise the Lord. The Lord Amen. is in action. He used all the miserable um, events that usually we humans bring about, and he uses that for our benefit. And one of the most miserable things that's happened in Iran has been the uh, Islamic Revolution, 79, 44 years of misery, mm. oppression, of killing, of abuse. The people of Iran have come to a point that say, we don't want Islam. Islam is our problem. Mm. And we need to get rid of it. They're wow. doing that. 
So that's why they have rejected Islam. I used to say, uh, you know, few statements and people got shocked. And one of them is Iran will be a Christian nation. People say, are you crazy? What are you talking about? I say, I stole that idea. Where, where did you get that idea? I stole it. Where? Jeremiah 49, 38. I stole it from the Lord. Lord mm. says, I will set my throne there. Now, going back to prophecies, Ezekiel 38, very negative. It's, it's a war between Israel and Russia and its allies. But at the same time, at the same time, Jeremiah 49 talks about the promise, 4938. God says, I will set my throne in Elam, which is completely inside the land of Iran. So mm -hmm. we have two, two sets of prophecies. A war, at the same time, he will set his throne there. And can I say both prophecies are happening at the same time? Wow. You say, how could both be happening? Well, the government of Iran, the Islamic government, is de developing nuclear bomb and wants to attack Israel at the same time. Now, listen carefully. This is amazing. At the same time, people of Iran are rejecting Islam, are coming to Christ, and are becoming friends of Israel. If mm. you talk to Iranians, a typical Iranian today, they have no hatred towards Israel. Actually, they say, we love Israel. And when the government, see, there is such a disconnect between the government of Iran and its people. So when the government says, we want to destroy Israel, when they say death to America, death to Israel, when the government say that, the people say, oh, they must be good people if our government <laughs> is against them, you know? Mm -hmm. So the hatred towards Israel is disappearing. Wow. In, not just among Christians, but among Muslims also. I love to hear that. Dr. Hamoz Shariat with Iran Alive Ministries is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Check out his book, Iran's Great Awakening, which is linked up at thebottomlineshow.com. As more Iranians are beginning to see, and, and I'm saying they're not holding necessarily an Israeli worldview, they're, they're holding a biblical worldview. You're rejecting Islam and uh, embracing the, the call to Christ. You see several million people every day in Iran who are benefiting from your broadcasting, uh, tens of millions of people every week, um, and that's been going on for many years. Help us understand, Dr. Shiryas, the, the hunger that they have. What are you hearing from people who are watching Iran Alive uh, ministry and benefiting from it? It's the work of God. Of course, God uses uh, events to prepare the hearts of nations, and uh, Iranians are so open. After 44 years of Islamic nation, uh, Islamic rule, they have come to understand Islam. So their rejection of Islam is not an overnight um, emotional decision. Very deliberate. They don't want Islam. But what do they want? They're looking all over the place. There was a recent survey, and you know, another statement I make is, Iran is no longer an Islamic nation. And now I have proof because hmm. there was a survey, there was a study by two university professors, and they come up with these statistics. Less than one-third of Iranians believe in Islam. Hmm. Less than one-third. Another one-third says, it, God is not important. There is no God, or it's not important. And another one-third are looking all over the place. Eastern religions, New Age religions, and Christianity. So if when we present Christianity through our airwaves, uh, some people don't understand we are not local. We send our signals 
through satellite. It goes over the heads of the mullahs into people's homes and the government cannot stop it. So we are hmm. in people's homes every day. But when they hear the message of the gospel, it resonates with what's already on their heart. The people of Iran do not want violence. If we ask a typical Iranian, what do you think about God? He says, there is no God. I, I, I don't believe in this God of Islam. So what kind of God do you believe in? And they typically, without reading the Bible, they typically say, I believe in a God that loves us and wants us to love one another. I believe in a God that forgives us and wants to wants us to forgive one another. Without reading the Bible, the Bible is written in their hearts. That's why when they hear the gospel through satellite, when I share, it resonates with them and they respond. Amazing okay. number of Muslims in Iran are coming to Christ every day. I love it. It's beautiful testimony from Dr. Hamoz Shariat with Iran Alive Ministries. We've got a link for their website up at thebottomlineshow.com, as well as information about his fantastic book, Iran's Great Awakening, uh, where he shares his own spiritual journey out of Islam into Christianity and takes a look at some of these Bible prophecies about Iran that we've been discussing. More of our conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Life insurance will never replace the person you love, but that money can help you get through life when it feels impossible. When your life insurance claim is denied while you're already dealing with so much, you need someone on your side. Stephanie Cover of Coverlaw used to work for the insurance companies. She challenges and understands the way insurance companies think. Hire Stephanie to file a life insurance appeal while everything is still fresh in your mind. Don't let the insurance company get away with greedy behavior while you're in mourning. Stephanie Cover will do everything in her power to get you the financial protection which was promised to you as a beneficiary of the policy. The money from the life insurance proceeds can supplement your income so you can support yourself throughout the process of bereavement. Save Stephanie's number or call her now at 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Or you can fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, she knows the other side. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. A great conversation. Always good to catch up with Dr. Harmoz Shariat of Iran Alive Ministries. We've got a copy of his book. Well, actually, we have two copies of his book uh, that we're giving away right now at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. The book is called Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to spark revival and we have two copies of this book to give away to you well to you hopefully to you right now 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line it's so interesting how iran is connected to uh, russia and china and ukraine and and all the different international outbreaks that are happening right now and yet there's a growing number of people who are receiving Christ as Lord and Savior and leaving Islam. What does that do to the makeup of the Middle East, but specifically, what does it do for Middle East politically? We'll talk about that more with Dr. Hamas Shariat on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Dr. Hamas Shariat is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, founder of Iran Alive Ministries and author of the book called Iran's Great Awakening. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, during the break, Dr. Shariat, we were talking about 
why this time is so important. You're talking about a nation like Iran. Population, last I checked, was just a hair under 87 million people. And from what I heard you say in our opening segment, um, about a third of those people are still kind of holding on to traditional Islamic values, if you will. But the rest are either rejecting Islam and the Muslim faith, or they're coming to Christ. This is something that sounds like a really great awakening. And yet I think our American brains would say, great, let's send missionaries, let's build churches, let's go ahead and, you know, kind of do a little nation building here. You aren't so quick to say, let's go that long route <laughs> when it comes to this, because the window's a lot shorter than we might think. Talk about the window of opportunity that's in front of us right now. Uh, let's not lose this opportunity. Let's make Iran a Christian nation. It looks like a big goal, but God is with us and he has written a promise. Amen. That he will do it. We just need to align ourselves with his work, with his spirit. And it's happening. It's And it's already happening. And I want to invite people. Would you help? Would you join us to make history in Iran? The, num the number of believers are growing fast. So evangelism, no problem. I, I don't stay awake. Think of how to share the gospel with Iranians. The simplest message of the gospel I share, many are coming to Christ. Now, the challenge is, how do you disciple? How do you form a strong underground church where people not just know God, but know each other, committed to God, committed to each other? And this strong church, if we establish it in Iran, I promise it will impact, it will transform the whole Middle East and even the world. Why the world? Because when he says, I will set my throne in Elam, the kind of God we have, he loves the whole world. So from Iran, in Jeremiah 49, 38, in a, Iran will impact the whole world. That's a promise in the Bible. But we, the Lord uses us. We need to work with his spirit, align ourselves with him, and then it will happen. So I'm inviting the audience, inviting everyone. Let's be history makers. This is yes. the time to make history, to change the direction of Iran and the whole Middle East. You know, it's interesting talking with Dr. Hamad Shariat today here on The Bottom Line about uh, Iran Alive Ministries and uh, Iran's Great Awakening, his great book, which is up at thebottomlineshow.com. I understand you had a, a prayer event uh, that you broadcast on your uh, ministry channel uh, that was focusing on just asking believers, Christian leaders to pray over Iran, and you had uh, such a huge response that there were about 15 different countries represented in this prayer uh, gathering, and half the participants were Iranians. I mean, just saying, yes, please pray for us, pray over us, pray with us. Talk about why that prayer cover is so crucial right now. Well, you know, a good sign of revival is prayer. Yes. How much people want to pray. Mm, yes. Prayer is in the hearts of Iranian Christians. We, you know, we have a 24-7 Christian channel, but we are not typical Christian channel. Right. Like, you know, sometimes people have a negative view of that. No, no, we are not that. We are not a Western Christian channel where sometimes there is a questionable teachings and practices. No, we use our channel to bring the gospel and to disciple. We, we are a church uh, on media. So part of it is prayer. We have prayer meetings. We have live prayer meetings. One of the most popular segments of our weekly program is prayer meeting. So many mm. come and pray with us. And so that event you're talking about, we went 24-7, uninterrupted, on satellite, online, 24 hours of prayer. Mm. So many people came in 
out. Some of them stayed a few hours, some of them stayed uh, an hour, but over 24 hours, thousands of people came and prayed with us. Many Americans, many non-Iranians, but most of them were Iranians. So there is a prayer movement that validates this revival in Iran. A validation of a revival, you have to look. Is there a prayer movement also? If not, that revival will die soon. But if there is a prayer movement, that's real revival. And what's happening in Iran is, re is real and it's lasting and it's going to be impactful, not just the Middle East, but the whole world. Such a touching testimony from Dr. Hamoz Shiriaz today here on The Bottom Line. I'm getting a little weepy just hearing him talk about the power of prayer, what's happening in Iran, how this massive nation where we do see biblical prophecy uh, literally unfolding before our eyes, and the fact that it's not just in one place. I think my Western American teaching of Scripture taught me to think in terms of, on today's reading, we're doing this, and tomorrow's reading, we're doing this, and you're saying, wait, the Russia thing? And the Iranian thing, that's prophecy. And yes, it can happen simultaneously. Something else, though, and I, I would love for you to wrap up our conversation here, Dr. Hamos Shariat, with something you mentioned just a moment ago. I've been encouraging the body of Christ here in the West that listens to the Bottom Line show that if you thought of America as a safe haven for the church and you know the, the biblical worldview being the dominant thought— George Barna's research indicates that that's certainly not the case anymore, and we're basically playing away games. You talked about how this big window of evangelism in Iran right now is it's very important for the church to be able to grow, expand, organize, and be ready to be underground, too. Talk about what you meant by that. Well, the church, the numbers are growing, but there is no underground church. There is no building church, and there are very few underground church, and even those that uh, exist underground church is not strong. It's just led by another new believer. Mm -hmm. So a desperate need is to disciple a nation. I want to encourage and I want to invite people. Would you join us to disciple a nation? Go to our website, iranalive.org. Sign up to get updates and great testimonies. But we broadcast on our channel people like R.C. Sproul uh, from a Baptist background, you know, from... Presbyterians, we are non-denomination. So we are looking for people who can help us disciple that nation by broadcasting on our channel. Maybe you or your pastor could do that. So pray, pray for us, but even join us. Join us to disciple that nation. All right. IranAlive.org is the website that we'll have up at thebottomlineshow.com. We'll also have information about Dr. Shirios's book called Iran's Great Awakening, where he shares his own spiritual journey and talks about, especially that, that, that we've talked about this a couple of times here on The Bottom Line Show before, seeing your own brother being killed in Iran for a rather minor political charge really kind of lit a spiritual fire under your foot and uh, kind of motivated you and your passion for ministry uh, continues even to this day. Dr. Hamoz Shariat, how could we pray for you and your family uh, as we conclude our conversation today? Well, we are confronting a dark spirit mentioned in the Bible, uh, Prince of Persia. So every Christian has a at a level of spiritual warfare. But when you encountered the dark spirit of Islam, it escalates. So pray with us and for us against the prince of Persia, because there are attacks, attacks on our bodies, attacks on our family, supernatural, attacks on finances. Many mm -hmm. times, there has been a few times that just supernaturally, there was, there was attack on our finances. So pray for us for protection. And number two, for me and for our leadership, 
we are praying, God, give us creativity. Give us wisdom. What, what do we need to do today? What do we need to do this time? So we won't miss this historical opportunity to transform a nation. Wisdom and protection. Two Amen. Prayers. Amen. Well, we are lifting you up uh, today and every day, Dr. Humbo Shariah. Thank you for the work that you do with Iran Alive Ministries. And thank you for this powerful update today here on The Bottom Line. Good to see you and talk with you again today, sir. Thank you, Roger. God bless you. It's always great to catch up with Dr. Hamoz Shariat, and uh, today here on The Bottom Line, we did just that. Uh, the book, of course, that he has written about his journey is called Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Spark Revival. We have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have two copies of the book to give away, so I really hope you get a chance to give us a call. Dial in at 1-800-227-5278, 1-800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We know a lot of people who have become Christians. Have, I mean, actually, the uh, Muslim community in uh, parts of Orange County are thriving. I mean, there are so many Muslims who live in Irvine, for example, and there are lots of mosques, you know, popping up all over the place here in uh, the Southland. And I encourage you uh, to to take a look at this book and also take a look at the uh, the website for Dr. Shariat because of the fact that we have now an opportunity set before us that we haven't had before. And it's a, an opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ with people who left Iran to come enjoy religious liberty. They're not, I mean, the Christians who are in Iran, by and large, are staying there because they want to evangelize. But there are a lot of Muslims who left uh, Iran for the U.S. They've settled in L.A. and Orange County and San Diego and the Inland Empire. And what they're doing is they're saying, hey, this is great. We can be Muslims. You know, we can practice, you know, Islam the way we want to. Don't have to be all wrapped up. We don't want to be wrapped up. But they're here. And if they're here, they have a golden opportunity then to, in a more freely open setting, hear the gospel, experience the gospel, and see the gospel lived out. And this is the uh, the mandate for each of us as Christians. Matthew 28, Mark 16, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. Go and preach the gospel and baptize those who receive this good news in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you needed any more indication that now is a time to be making the case for uh, the spiritual revival of our land and the people who are here, uh, take a look around you. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. The world has become so evil. And as we heard Dr. Jeremy, Jeremy McGarity of Skyline Church uh, share with us last Thursday in a very special message, he said, look, when we have these conversations about what's going on in the world, whether it's drag queen awareness days or this, that, and the other thing, the world is not necessarily our target as we are talking to people about this and talking about how horrible it is. They don't get it, why we think it's wrong. The biggest concern, first and foremost, is in the church because there are true believers who have a biblical worldview who can see evil for evil. And then there are true worldly people who don't see anything that they do is wrong and ultimately, unfortunately, will wind up taking that to their grave. And then there's the most dangerous person on the planet, and that's the person who thinks he or she has a relationship with the Lord and does not. And they'll believe just they'll, the, the whole go along to get along mentality. They'll adopt just about anything. And when scripture is very clear that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. But then there are people living outside of that truth. It's no wonder that George Barnes shared with us last week the sobering statistic 
that before the pandemic, only 6% of people who professed to be Christians actually had a biblical worldview. After the pandemic, that number's down to 4%. And generationally, when you see that 8% of baby boomers have that belief system, but then 5% of Generation X and 3% of millennials, only 1% of Generation Z has a truly biblical worldview. So anybody who says, hey, all we have to do is reelect Donald Trump and start raising the flag again and getting off our knees on the national anthem, we have much bigger issues to deal with than that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel because 99% of young adults don't believe it. 99% of young adults are living some kind of strange, you know, netherworld life. And I have a classic example of that. It's an update on this case we covered last week. And it may be one of the most just grisly and chilling stories we've covered here on the Bottom Line Show. I want to warn you, if you have young children with you uh, in the car, uh, even middle schoolers or high schoolers, um, you definitely would want to listen to this first or watch this first. Uh, go to thebottomlineshow.com and you can listen to the podcast of this because we have an update in the just shocking story of a national city, California school teacher who uh, shocked San Diego media types with her crimes against children. But now when we see that there are more evidence has come out, it's just, it's appalling, but it's sobering. And it puts all of us on watch. We're going to talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, still taking your calls at 800-227-5278. Dr. Harmoz Shariat's book, Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Spark Revival. We have two copies of this book we're giving away, taking your calls between now and the top of the hour, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to take get you through to the bottom line. Now, as we continue, a story of local importance, of national significance, uh, an eternal perspective that uh, each of us needs to kind of pay very close attention to, and it does involve uh, uh, sex crimes against children. So if you have young children, we're listening right now, I can't stress enough how much you want to listen to this on the podcast as opposed to terrestrial radio. We appreciate you listening to the Bottom Line Show, and I assure you that if you want to tune back in at the top of the hour for the final half hour of this, uh, you'll find the subject matter much more to your liking. Okay. Last week here on the Bottom Line Show, we shared the story with you of a woman by the name of Jacqueline Ma. She, uh, 34 years of age, a sixth grade teacher at Lincoln Acres Elementary School in National City. She was arrested um, after having a uh, about 10, 11 year career as a school teacher. She was arrested uh, when investigators uh, had discovered that they had some evidence against her on an anonymous tip. It may have been the... Uh, the mother of the victim, but uh, an anonymous tip that uh, led them to uh, do a little investigation of Mrs. Ma. I say Mrs. Ma because, yes, she is a married woman. And uh, to find out what was going on, apparently she had been involved in an inappropriate relationship with a student, a former student of hers. Uh, he was 12 when the, uh, uh, when the case uh, began, uh, and now uh, he's 13. Okay, Mrs. Moss, 34. Okay, so she was arrested, um, and then released a couple of days later, I believe it was a couple of days later, on uh, on a really nominal uh, bond. 
mean, the, the dollar amount was for, for the kind of crimes that this woman committed. I was su- surprised to see how how small the bond was. But a couple of days later, uh, she was re- rearrested yet again because investigators found more evidence. Here's the story. Uh, arrested once. They found more evidence, arrested her again. Investigators found a picture of the 13-year-old victim in the wallet of Mrs. Ma. She was also carrying uh, a piece of jewelry that she had that had his initials on them. And even to the point where there were some love letters in her classroom, and it's not evident if the love letters were written by her to the boy or if they were written by the boy to the teacher. Apparently, once they took a look at her phone, and I believe the parents cooperated, and uh, uh, or maybe they just they would get the information off of his phone, so it didn't really matter if it was hers or his, I suppose. But they took a look at the text messages that were there, and and God forbid this ever happens in your family, but I've seen a couple of different cases where um, there's been inappropriate text messaging going back and forth between a couple of people, and having that as evidence has been able to lead to a very warm trail to where the perpetrator was actually hanging out. But apparently, uh, one of the things that uh, the investigators noticed was that Mrs. Ma would often text the boy and if he didn't text back, she would text him again. You know, kids do that, right? They get really insistent. Um, you know, they, they want to talk to you. Have you ever had this maybe with one of your adult children? You try to call them because you're an adult and you call. And then you leave a voice message, which they never respond to because they don't do voicemail. And then they'll text you back five minutes later saying, hold on a second, I'm talking to somebody. Okay. And then you wait, then you wait, and then you call them again, and they don't talk to you. Yeah, it's kind of a communication issue. Well, here's a 34-year-old married woman who actually had been named at one point one of San Diego County's Teachers of the Year who developed a fascination with a 12-year-old male student and began texting him, sending him letters, uh, encouraging an inappropriate relationship with him. And apparently used to get frustrated with him when he wouldn't send his text response back quick enough. It, it goes without saying that she allegedly sent explicit images to the student and there's no telling whether or not they were of her or just pictures. She also coerced him to send videos back to her. This is a 34-year-old woman demanding that a 12-year-old boy send her images of him. Now, according to Drew Hart, who's the deputy deputy district attorney for San Diego County, this defendant maintained a relationship with this child for months, maybe even more than a year, when she began giving him gifts, helping him with school, giving him extra praise in the classroom. When she was originally arrested on March the 7th, she was charged with three counts of lewd and lascivious acts over the child under the age of 14 and three counts of oral copulation with a child under the age of 14. She was released after posting bond, but then she was arrested again and was charged with sexual misconduct, witness intimidation, and multiple counts of child pornography 
in connection with the same child. National School District Superintendent, uh, like a Henny Brady, said the allegations are, quote, deeply troubling. Our community learned that Jacqueline Ma, a teacher at Lincoln Acres Elementary School, was rearrested by law enforcement as their continued investigation into allegations of inappropriate conduct with minors secured additional information to press felony charges. Mrs. Ma has been placed on leave and, quote, will not be returning to the campus. This situation is deeply troubling. What makes it even more troubling is some of the things that she accomplished as a teacher and some of the recognition she had. Take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what you can do in this crazy, mixed-up world where now 34-year-old women are grooming 12-year-old boys in their classroom for sex. We'll talk about that next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine, now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Uh, the phone lines are still open. Got a couple minutes left to get in to get a chance uh, for your chance to win one of the two copies of the book we're giving away this half hour by Dr. Hamoz Shariat, the uh, leader of Iran's Great Awakening and Iran Alive Ministries. Um, the book is called Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Spark Revival. And we've got the link at thebottomlineshow.com, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Jacqueline Ma is in custody yet again. She is the woman who uh, taught in uh, uh, San Diego, National City, for uh, about 10 years. And she has been arrested and then rearrested for oral copulation with a student under the age of 14. She taught sixth grade. Um, multiple counts of possession of child pornography, which is uh, now investigators are letting the public know that the child pornography involves the fact that she coerced a young boy to take video images of himself uh, in states of undress, and uh, she had that on her phone. Um, And then what's interesting about this as well is if you look at her LinkedIn page, which Fox News did, the San Diego County Office of Education had five Teacher of the Year nominees, and she was one of them last year. This is for this school year. Midway through the 2022-2023 school year, where Jacqueline Ma had been named a Teacher of the Year in San Diego County, she is now behind bars for having sex with a 12-year-old boy. Now I know you might be thinking, come on, Roger. I mean, this is a one-off. This is a weird 
situation doesn't happen that often. Remember our conversation last week with Jessica Harris when she talked about the number of young women who are using pornography and how Generation Z, you know, Jacqueline Ma's a millennial, but Generation Z, girls use it just as often as guys do, and it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Love to find out the background of Mrs. Ma. Did she have any sort of spiritual training growing up? Did she grow up in a Christian home or not? Uh, what kind of, you know, what was the attitude about porn and pornography? Anyone who wants to say, I want to make America great again, has to acknowledge the fact that we now have equal opportunity, thanks to the uh, feminist movement. Now, you know, that, that's the good news. Instead of men objectifying women, we have to stop that. Now women objectify men just as much as men objectify women. Can you imagine the horror? What would the headlines be on CNN? 34-year-old male teacher grooms a 12-year-old girl and has sex with her and gets her to take videos of herself. Disgusting. Hanging from the highest tree. But what are we getting here? Well, gosh, I just don't really understand why this woman, I mean, I'm like, is it? See, sin doesn't care what gender you are. Sin doesn't care how old you are. Sin doesn't care how tall you are. Sin doesn't care how you vote. There is sin in the world, and anyone who's trying to fight that sin by saying, just be nice. Be good for goodness sake, has missed the argument. God's currency is blood. So is the enemy's. The enemy is out for blood, but he knows he can't take yours, but he can get you to give it up, or try to anyway, or to harm yourself, or to keep you from the goodness and the blessings and the benefits that God has for you. Father, I pray a hedge of protection around our children everywhere that you would protect their innocence. The enemy wants their minds. The enemy wants to confuse them. The enemy takes trusted people, like a woman who's a school teacher, who's teacher of the year, at least in the eyes of her colleagues, who's been damaged so badly that she thinks a 12-year-old boy is more desirable than her husband in marriage. Father, I pray for your healing for our nation and for the protection of those who, us who are called to be your children and your servants in this time, in this land, that all would hear the good news of the gospel, and that all would repent of our sin so that we might enjoy eternal life in paradise with you. In Jesus' name, amen. <sighs> Yikes. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Uh, you've got Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming your way next. For those who remain on the network, uh, we're going to take a little breather here and get into uh, the idea that maybe, just maybe, one of the things that will help alleviate some of the stress and anxiety that you're going through in the world right now is just really a little more time in God's Word, perhaps. Uh, author and Bible teacher Crystal Ward is going to join me to have a conversation about 40 devotions to release anxiety and dive into purpose. It's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to get into a topic that is a growing concern for a lot of people. And it's something that we in the body of Christ, I think, can do a better job of, you know, building a certain measure of resilience, but also acknowledging the fact that, uh, you know, tough times happen and they do lead us to seasons of uh, maybe depression or anxiety or, you know, just anxiousness in general. And my guest today here on The Bottom Line understands that all too well. Crystal Ward is a Bible teacher. She's a conference speaker, has a background in public education and pastoral ministry, which really uh, draws near and dear to my heart. She's the author of a brand new book called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Crystal Ward, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. 
Thank you so much for having me on today, Roger. And I must say, it's nice to be able to speak to you face-to-face -face and not yes. just hear your voice. Yes, absolutely. I, the, our MyHopeNow.com channel has really kind of brought a whole new lease on life to uh, these conversations. And I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to do so, especially since your set looks so great. I mean, with your office, it's just, it's wonderful. Um, you. you survive. I mean, you look really calm and cool and collected for somebody who sur survived public education. Can you give us a little bit of, I mean, and I say that as the son of uh, parents who are public school educators and have two kids who are in the educational world as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background before we get into your story a little more. I would love to. Yes, I am a former public school teacher, and, and I like to say that the Lord uh, professionally trained me as a teacher and now allows me to teach the Bible. I mean, it's like, Amen. you know, best, you know, best case scenario. So I am from Southern Texas, as you can probably hear. I'm married to BJ Ward and we have three fantastic and sometimes messy children, <laughs> Abby, Emma, and Evan. And they are at the, at the time of this recording, um, coming home from school. So I cannot promise they won't barge into the room, but, <laughs> but I guess if they do, maybe we can edit it out or something. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. In the modern world, I mean, the, the zoom, you know, kind of interruptions and things like that are, are the legends of TikTok. So but let them come in and just be who they are. You know I mean? I think that would be wonderful. They, and they might. And, and yeah. that brings me back to what you were talking about, about, uh, about public education is a lot of what I write in the book are kind of tried in the fire mm -hmm. because the schools that I taught in here in Texas and the time period that I taught in is just some of the toughest environments that that you know can be in education certainly not the toughest but some very tough um situations and so i worked with kids that um have struggling homes and don't have the best support system at home and uh, it, it definitely was or could be you know just a high stress environment for some teachers and so i learned a lot of what i talk about in the book in those environments and i tell a few stories there too yeah, wonderful. I mean, and as the father of a daughter who recently moved to Texas is now teaching in a public school setting in the Houston area, just outside of Conroe, uh, after eight years in Christian public school, she said, wow, what a difference, but what a mission field. So I am grateful, Crystal, that uh, that you weathered the storm there and uh, let God use that as a battleground and training ground for you. You mentioned your three adorable children, and it's your son that's kind of the focus of your story with regard to anxiety and concern and things of that nature. Kind of give us a 90 second overview, if you would, about what happened to your family back in 2016. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's actually something that I didn't talk about for a very long time because it was just a little too close to home and it, and it left me struggling for, for many years. But uh, I mentioned that our youngest son, his name is Evan. When Evan was only four months old, so you can picture kind of what a four-month-old is like, it's not a lot different than a newborn, had a reaction to some medication and it caused him to have over 70 seizures in 30 mm. days. Mm. And for me, I'm certainly no medical professional, but I think that I struggled with symptoms nearing something like PTSD. Mm -hmm. The uh, even, even after that, that situation, um, you know, was, was over and resolved. Uh, Evan is now seven years old. He is wonderful. He's an mm. obnoxious little normal seven-year-old boy right. as they're right. supposed to be. But, but um, that left me really struggling and battling with fear and anxiety for many years and working through that with the Lord. 
You know, I can imagine, I can resonate with this. this I, I could go on with a little bit of my story too, but we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. Um, the, the idea that a, as a parent, a young parent with a four month old, and you're doing something that you think is, you know, you're told this is the right thing to do, given this medication. You know, there are a lot of people during the pandemic who were saying, I'm not so sure about, you know, mandatory vaccines, things like that. And this is not to get political on that front, but until you've gone through something like what you've gone through, Crystal Ward, I mean, I, I can only imagine that there are some parents who, when you start saying things like mandatory and you must do this, your first thought is, hey, wait, I gave my son what seemed like very safe and healthy medication. And all of a sudden, 70 seizures later, I'm wondering, is he going to live? Is he going to die? Am I going to live? Am I going to die based on everything you're going through? That must have been a horrible situation for you and your husband to have to walk through. It it was it was definitely very difficult, um, excruciatingly difficult at the time. And then now we revisit that, you know, during COVID and in 2020, and and I recognize that people's opinions on those things may be all over the map as well as ours uh, were as well. And I'll tell you that I had to do the same thing I had to do in 2016. I had to do it again in 2020. I had to do it when I faced COVID. I have probably had to do it this morning, <laughs> which is to hang on to the goodness of the Lord and who I know he is and what his word says. And I have to identify these struggles that I'm feeling. You know, it can be fear and anxiety, but it can also be things like heaviness or depression-like things. Uh, um, it can be a lot of things, but identify what is it that I'm feeling, but also dig deeper and examine why am I feeling that way? And oftentimes for me, I will tell you that I will find at the bottom of that digging is a question of whether the Lord is really good mm. and if he's really good to me. And if mm. I can lean back and trust his goodness, if if I may, not to take too long here, but no, in the Old Testament, that word believe is, is aman in Hebrew. One of the different definitions of aman is to lay back in the arms like a baby. Mm, mm -hmm. And and so for anyone that may be listening um, now or down the road or, or whenever that, that may be, we have to, at the core of who we are, know that our heavenly father is good and we can trust what he says. Revelation 19 says that his name is faithful and true. He Amen. never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And so that really is where the work began for me in digging through those uh, struggles, the mental struggles that I had and still battle sometimes. I'm, I can only imagine. Crystal Ward is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Her new book is called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com as you were talking about that Amon, Crystal. I can't help but think during this Lenten season, and of course, we're going to come up on Holy Week before you know it, and we look at the seven last words of Jesus, and quite frankly, I mean, that what you were just describing is something that every Jewish child was taught to trust in God, and that's the way we, you know, experience him. When Jesus says, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit, he's in essence saying, I'm, now I lay me down to sleep, I'm laying myself right in your arms like that. And to be able to say that that's the level of belief you have, is that something you discovered during Evan's journey? That's great. I, you know, I don't know if I discovered it in one moment. I think that is something that we discover and rediscover and discover more deeply yeah. and revisit. And, and it's something that like, as we go through life, 
um, we see the evidence of his goodness. And, and, you know, I've been reading in the old Testament in my, in my Bible time, and we can see that with the children of Israel, as they're wandering through the wilderness, they're really, they question God's goodness. And the Lord's like, don't you remember how I led you through the Red Sea on dry ground and how I how I fed you with manna and how I did all these things? And so that's not to say that we should be ashamed or anything when we struggle, but I just want to remind us in our conversation today and anyone that may be listening that, yes, God is good and he is good to you. And the more we think about that, the more we recognize that and see that around us, the more at peace and at rest we can be. Mm, I love that. Grace to Grow is the new book by Crystal Ward, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're going to go through all 40 devotions on the other side. Of the, no, we're not going to get to all 40. I mean, there's it's 40 days worth of readings. But we'll talk about some of the highlights and especially the way this book is laid out. I really appreciate the, the practicality of the book Grace to Grow by Crystal Ward. More of this conversation in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account, Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Crystal Ward is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Her brand new book is called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I love the way you've set this up, Crystal, with the different sections in terms of acknowledging you know, when a storm happens, but then God's grace and the purpose of this and, you know, the things that we can learn uh, from tragedy. Uh, people learn way more during seasons of adversity and, and uh, you know, that, that whole gauntlet, if you will, than we do when things are easy and good. But there's a recurring theme through all of these different sections of this season here. And that involves, you know, I think of that as a casting crown song, I'll praise you in this storm. You know, I mean, why, why is it that that praise seems to be the thing that most people gravitate to when they're either facing a hard time or they're kind of pulling out of it? Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Roger, because I was while you were talking about the storm, I was just thinking about a palm tree. And I have read research that says that, you know, I, I live in the Houston region. We get hurricanes, um, you know, uh, fairly often. And these palm trees, when these hurricanes can come through, can lay, it seems like almost at a 45 degree angle. And hmm. I have read research that says that when these uh, storms, or I've heard research that says that when these storms come through, their roots actually go down further and the tree grows 
in the wow. middle of the storm. And it wow. also reminded me, which is incredible picture, right? We we want comfort and we want ease. I do too. But honestly, we grow the most when we have to hang on to the hem of this garment, right? Yes. yes. And and I was thinking about in the Old Testament, you know, the uh, priests would bring these different kinds of uh, tree branches and, and one of them was a willow. And the willow is kind of sad looking, right? And then another one of these uh, tree branches is the palm. And we see that in Palm Sunday, yes. which will be coming up not too long from now, right? And But the palm, they're these big, like, jazz hands maybe looking like that's mm -hmm. what the leaves look like, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a reminder of praise. And when we're going through these trials, number one, recognize you're, you're, you will make it in the trial. The trial doesn't last forever. The Lord walks us through these seasons. But if we can focus on who God is, get some scriptures in front of us that talk about just how wonderful and good he is and praise him for his goodness, it really takes our eyes off of those difficult situations that are around us and places them on the one who is worthy, who is eternal, who Amen. can get us through the trial. And so praise is powerful at all times, especially in the middle of a trial. You know, I'm talking with Crystal Ward today here on The Bottom Line. Her book is called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. And we have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I think when a lot of people, I love that image of the the, the trees, you know, the, the palm tree the, the, the with the roots digging in deeper while the tree is, you know, kind of doing the, you know, flat off to the side, 45 degree angle. Um, at the same time, though, I something tells me that for many of our listeners, when a storm hits, when anxiety comes, it's because of, you know, something that's been disrupted for whatever reason. And oftentimes we don't think about thriving like the tree is doing. We think about surviving and that's about it. And then it's you survive and you wait until the next one comes and you're trying to get through it. Talk about how we can see God's purpose in the middle of a storm. I mean, what was it like for you and your husband when uh, when your son Evan, you know, he's four months old and he he winds up having 70 seizures, taking medication that was actually prescribed for him that wasn't supposed to hurt him. And yet it caused all sorts of emotional as well as physical pain for him and for your family. Yeah. You know, sometimes we, we I think, try to place purpose on the pain. Like I'm going through this because... Mm. But, but scripture says it rains on the just and the unjust. It, it Like sometimes there's really not like the Lord wants me to walk through this horrible thing because he wants me to learn X, Y, and Z. I don't believe that. I believe our father is a good and perfect father mm -hmm. and that he doesn't put bad things on us so that we can learn good lessons. But scripture does promise in Romans 8. 828 to be exact, that he will take everything that we go through and turn it for our good. And so I would say like for any listeners that is going through an intense struggle, even now my family is still going through some things. We all go through things. Right. I would just encourage um, whoever may be, may be listening to this to um, remember that Every single thing that we go through, the Lord will take that and redeem it. He'll use it for our good. And there's not always some kind of reason why we go through things. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. 
but never fear for I've overcome the world. And I would say, prioritize relationship with the Lord, walk with him every single day, like, like actually be friends with him, do your day with him, be, be connected to the Lord. Let him be that good shepherd that walks you through this season and you'll come out stronger on the other side and he'll redeem it for your favor. Boy, that's great counsel from Crystal Ward today here on The Bottom Line. Her book is called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. A couple minutes left in our conversation, Crystal, and I'd love for you to uh, give our listeners a bit of a biblical exhortation with regard to the process. Because in going through this, oftentimes, you know, we live in a culture that says we treat symptoms rather than diseases, you know, so we want to, you know, minimize the pain wherever we possibly can. And sometimes, you know, that, as you mentioned, it, you don't want to pur put purpose on the pain, but God will redeem what you're going through. It's not like he's caught underwear, like, oh, shoot, that happened to Crystal and Evan, and oh, my gosh, you know, I mean, how did that happen? I mean, he he's, he's omniscient. Talk about how we can kind of contextualize this, you know, in terms of saying, okay, there's someone listening right now who's going through a major season of anxiety or depression or whatever, for whatever reason, and they're wanting to find freedom and get, kind of move past it, not to just, quote, unquote, get over it, but, you know, work through it. What, what, what word of encouragement do you have? I think that's a fantastic question. And I think that we spend a lot of time working on the problem and not necessarily the aftermath of the problem. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times these problems, especially like in my case, uh, it's, it's not so much that let's take the issue with Evans. Um, it's not so much that, that, that issue caused fear. It, it probably did cause a lot of fear, but I know that it uncovered a lot of fear that I was already struggling with. And so a lot of the times we focus on getting through the problem, but we don't always look at the underlying things that are left over or uncovered by whatever it is that we are going through. And, and it's reminded me, I'm thinking right now about Peter walking on the water yeah, and yeah. Peter was doing a good thing. I mean, I, I was doing a good thing by taking care of my son, at least, you know, at least I thought. And, and a lot of the times we go through hard things while doing good things. And just because life is hard doesn't mean we are not doing right. Because mm -hmm. Peter was, Peter was walking in a miracle. He gets out of the boat. He's walking on water. The only other than Jesus recorded human that we know to ever have done something like that. And he's walking towards Jesus. But what we don't often remember is there was an intense storm happening around Peter in that moment. And sometimes when we're on our way to do good things, storms come. They just do. It's just life. But as long as Peter was looking at Jesus, he was still walking on that water. Mm. But when his eyes got off on the waves, yeah. that's when he started to sink. <laughs> and that's what happens to us, really. As long as we're looking at the Lord, we're gazing at the Lord, so to speak, as we're going throughout our day, we're, we're looking at how good he is, how close, how wonderful, how kind, how he provides for us. And we're looking at all these characteristics about him. It's much easier to walk on that water. But when our eyes divert, right, that's when we really start to struggle. But here's what's so cool. In that moment, Peter called out to Jesus. And so anyone that feels like they're drowning today, do what Peter did. Say, Lord, save me. 
in that word save is sozo. It's it's uh, to, mm-hmm. to save, to heal, deliver, and protect. And yes. so, so Peter's calling out to Jesus, save me. What did Jesus do? He didn't condemn Peter. He reached out, he latched onto him, and he pulled him close. He did say, why do you have such little faith, right? But I don't believe it came in a condemning voice. Mm. And I guarantee you that Peter had more faith after that trial and after Jesus's rescue. Wow, that's powerful insight from Crystal Ward today here on The Bottom Line, sharing from her heart, sharing from her experiences, and from her brand new book called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Crystal, thank you so much for the book. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, Nice to get to meet you, and hopefully we'll have more conversations in the future. But uh, uh, till then, uh, thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you so much for having me on today, Roger. I enjoyed our visit. Well, a delightful conversation and uh, good to get to know Crystal Ward and talk about her brand new book called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and we do have a copy of this book that we're giving away today, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, uh, this book, Grace to Grow, is uh, by Crystal Warded, it's a wonderful resource uh, to to have, especially if you have been facing uh, some transformational moments in your life this year that have uh, led to a bit more stress than perhaps you want. <laughs> and who wants stress? Stress helps us. There's no question about it. The question is, how are we going to respond to it? 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line again you're going to be asking for the book by crystal ward called grace to grow 40 devotions to release anxiety and dive into purpose the link book the link for the book is up at the bottom some final thoughts in just a moment as the bottom line continues You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, You know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else. Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. My thanks again to Crystal Ward for joining us today here on The Bottom Line to talk about her great new book called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, when she talked about what it was like for her son, uh, Evan, to have a, a life-threatening uh, reaction to medication and uh, the different seizures that he suffered, it's just really amazing to think about how God used this challenging time 
to help her grow deeper in her faith in Christ. You will benefit from what she writes about in the devotional book called Grace to Grow, 40 Devotions to Release Anxiety and Dive into Purpose. The link is up at thebottomlineshow.com, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Hey, since spring is in the air and we're kicking things off here to start this uh, uh, spring season and resurrection season here, uh, something to share with you here as we wrap up today's program. Uh, we have a new promotional uh, thing going on at kbrightradio.com. Basically, I mean, obviously we've been on the air since 1980, and through the years we have learned that some of the most loyal listeners in radio are you, and we want to hear from you, especially during this season of renewal and Resurrection Sundays just a couple weeks away. would love for you to share what the resurrection means to you. You call us at 800-227-2337, or just send us an email, kbrightradio.com. Use the Contact Us page. And then uh, it's very, very simple to do. Um, if you need help navigating that, and just tell us, take a couple minutes and tell us what the resurrection means to you. Uh, you can either go to kbrightradio.com and use the Contact Us page, or you can contact Teresa or Crystal at a special number, 800-227-2337. That's 800-227-2337. Tell us what the resurrection means to you. When you go on our website, I believe if they haven't been posted yet, they will be soon. Uh, some of us here at the station have already posted our comments or recorded our comments anyways to what uh, the resurrection means to you. But, you know, simply put, I mean, when Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life, he who believes in me, uh, though he may perish, uh, he'll never die. And there's a big difference between your life ending here on earth and then you either having eternal life or eternal death and eternal torment and the simple one question test is who is Jesus Christ is he the son of God is he the savior of the world did his death pay the penalty for the sin of mankind because if you answer yes to those questions then the question is did he pay the penalty for your sin and if you say yes I believe he paid the penalty for my sin do you believe that your sins have been washed away I do do you believe that the debt for your sin has been paid in full? And you say, I do. When you answer those questions, then what the resurrection means to you is life, eternal life, life with the Father. It doesn't mean life in the perfect church. It doesn't mean that Christians aren't going to let you down. My goodness, I read three articles over the weekend that three more people who I greatly admire in the Christian faith in media and ministry fallen. You can't put our faith and trust in people and not in structures and not in institutions, but we can place our faith and trust in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. His death and resurrection gives each of us life. That is the good news, and that's the bottom line.